0: You know, for the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Jonathan has been speaking uh, on a series called Out of Africa. Uh, you would remember his army, not quite army uniform, probably eBay or some, <laughs> something from eBay. You would, you would remember that, you know. All, <laughs> all dressed up and, uh, yeah, just to get the message across. Um, but there are two words, actually, that um, I pick out from... That series, that kind of that extends into what I want to talk to you about today. And the two words are um, intentional and preparedness. Intentional and preparedness. Because the whole concept of having a mindset of being at war in a battle, you can't be at war in a battle and you're not prepared. You're asking for trouble. Or that you're not intentional. Absolutely, you can't. Uh, so I took those two words. Because, of course, you remember the whole armor of God. I mean, you've got to put it on. That's about being prepared. Uh, today's message, um, when I was asked, I think it was Dander asked me, what's the title of your message? Uh, I hadn't actually had a title by then. So I just, I just sent him a message and said, good news. And he said, is that the title? Said so, yes, it is. Good news, simply good news. Um, of course, I meant the gospel, as you know, the gospel. The, the word gospel. Um, the word is actually from a Greek word called uh, uh, euangelion. That's the word euangelion. Um and it's it's a compound word. It's it's you. Angelion, which you, I'm told in Greek, is good. Angelion is announcement or tidings or news. And depending on the version of the Bible you've got, it would either be called good tidings, I bring you good tidings, or I bring you euangelion, you or it would be called good news. That's what the word means. And, um, and it's essentially what we call the gospel. Good news gospel good news. Now what exactly is good news? What is this good news that is Evangelion? Well, let's look at uh, Luke's account. And so Luke's account describes, if you remember Jesus after he'd gone through the wilderness he'd gone through the test and now he's in the synagogues and he's starting to speak in the synagogues. And the Bible describes uh, in Luke how Uh, Jesus is there in the synagogue, and they hand him a scroll. And they hand him the scroll of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah prophesied over 700 years before Jesus' birth. And probably Isaiah is where we have the clearest prophecies about Jesus' coming. So they give him this scroll, and he takes the scroll... He opens it, finds a place that we know today as Isaiah 61, and he reads these words. And that should come up on your screen Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 2. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He read that. Sat down. And of course all eyes. Tell us more. Tell us more. A word struck me there. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because... He has anointed me to preach the good news of the kingdom. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because, not for an easy life, a quiet life, a successful life. No, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach evangelion. Of the kingdom of God. And of course as we know. Jesus then goes about. Proclaiming the kingdom of God. And we read a story. In Luke. uh, You know when Jesus goes to Simon's. Home And his mother-in-law is ill. And he heals, him, he heals her. And uh, loads of people come. And he's healing all the people. And they're like, oh, this is fantastic. This is like blessings on tap. Can you stay here, please? Don't go anywhere. Just stay here. And in Luke 4:43, 43, Jesus said this. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this Purpose. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news. I must preach this good news of the kingdom because that's my purpose. Now, we're Christians, right? And Christians mean uh, we're followers of Christ. And we essentially have inherited. The purpose of Christ. As followers of Christ. We've taken on that mantle that he had. And we know this because in his life when he was here, we hear the story of the 72. He got 72 people and he sent them out two by two. We're going to go out today two by two, I believe. uh, Mark. Yeah? Two by two. That's it. We're going to uh, follow the example that Jesus gave. He sent them out right, go and take this evangelion of the gospel of the kingdom of God, take it out there. Jesus sent them out. And that was what he focused on. Everything else he did was for that purpose. must preach this good news of the gospel. The good news, of course, is God's love that came to save us, to deliver us, to set us free. Why should we share this gospel? Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you've got some good news? Let me tell you this. I have just got a new job. Hey. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> you share it. Here. My... Um, brother's wife gave birth uh, on the 7th. It's good news. What happens? Messages. The news is spreading. Why? It's good news. It is good news. We love good news. Okay? We don't hold back good news. We just don't. Right? Unless we don't think it's good news. So let me ask you. Is the gospel good news? If it is, why are we holding it back? Why are we not sharing? Because we share good news. Nobody sits in good news. Nobody. Even if you have no friends, you go on social media. (laughs) Get it out there. To all my imaginary 700 friends, here you go. I've got some good news. We don't hold it back. We share it. Yet we have the greatest of good newses here. But we hold it back. We don't share. Because there are some reasons why we should share the gospel. Uh, for one, Jesus commands us to. You know, and we are followers of Christ. So he commands us to. We read in Mark sixteen fifteen 15 to uh, 16. When Jesus was departing, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Not because he was condemning anyone. Jesus said, "Um, I didn't come to condemn. We're in a state of condemnation anyway. I've come to save. So go, go, go. Go. That's what Jesus commanded. He commanded his disciples. To carry on the purpose. For which he was sent. The purpose for which the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Go and share this good news of the gospel. That the poor don't have to be poor anymore. That the sick can be healed. That those who are bound can be set free. The kingdom of the living God. seek ye first the kingdom of God and then I will add all these other things that you need I'll add them to you kingdom of God first it's not America first it's the kingdom of God first that's what we preach it's not Britain first it's the kingdom of God first that's what we speak there's another reason we should share the gospel. In Hebrews 9 27, the Bible says this, and as it is appointed for man to die once, not just men, of course, <laughs> for mankind, um, but after this, the judgment. We preach the good news of the gospel because we want to help people avoid this judgment that's coming. There is a judgment coming. The Bible is very clear about that. Now, the good news is, there is a way out. So, why are we not telling people? There is a way out. That's why we have to share this gospel. There's another reason I mean, Jesus in John 10.10 said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's another reason. The abundant life in Christ. You know, last year was uh, at work. Last year was probably the busiest year of my entire working career. Just incredibly busy. Incredibly pressurized. And... um, But um, I used to get asked a lot, um, why why are you not flustered? (laughs) Because there's a lot going on. There's a lot going wrong as well. Not just going on, going wrong. Why are you not flustered? Now, here's the thing. I wake up in the morning, before I get out, I go into that room, and I go, Lord. I have no idea what's coming today. Um, And there'll be lots. I have no idea how to fix. Um, Give me wisdom. And give me favor. Because there'll be a lot of people I'm going to ask to do stuff. (laughs) They can tell me where to go if they like. (laughs) I need favor. So, Lord, give me favor. Lord, give me wisdom. And everything else I can't control... I'm not going to worry about that. Every morning. And then I think, for those who have, don't have Christ, who don't have where to go, to kind of go, Lord, this is really getting too much for me. Over to you. Well, I shouldn't really keep it until it gets too much before I hand it over, you know what I mean? But we should just go to Christ. But the point is that we go to the Lord and we just hand stuff to the Lord and say, Lord, help and the Lord comes in, helps. Okay. Whether it's by taking something away, giving us perspective, whatever it is, the Lord is there. And I say, that's why I'm not flustered. You know. This <laughs> this work's not my life. You know. That's why. And this is abundant life. Abundant life is no, I've got. You know, ten homes I've got. Bentley, that's not abundant life. The people who have that are miserable. That's not abundant life. That's not the abundant life Jesus came to bring. And number four reason why we share the gospel is to help us grow. It's to help us produce fruit as Christians. You know, in Hebrews 5.12, it's not quite linked, but I'll bring something out in this scripture. Hebrews 5.12 says, We have much to say about this. It was talking about righteousness. Um, But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word. All over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. Not quite the best scripture I could have used, <laughs> but I wanted to bring out the constant use. When you are someone who shares this good news, shares the gospel, prepared to engage, it really should drive you to your knees or to the Bible. Because the questions and the things that come to you, you know, well, I don't have an answer myself. I need to go before God to have the answer. I need to go into the Bible, or I need to go and pray about this to get an answer. And that helps you to grow. There is benefit in sharing the gospel. It helps us to grow, helps us to produce fruit. How do I share the gospel? How? Do I share the gospel? So we know what the gospel is. We know why we should share it, but how should we share it? Now, the thing is I've come across many ideas and tools and techniques over the years, and they all have their uses, absolutely. Um, we still have this coin, this, the Ten Commandment tool, call it that. And it, it came, um, there was a, a coin, and there were Ten Commandments on it. Clearly, <laughs> you need a magnifying glass to read it, because it's quite a small coin. But it was good because you just—I used to work with uh, younger people, I'd say—and you, you kind of said, "Can I give you this coin?" What's that a coin? Ah, oh, it's a coin. It's got Ten Commandments in it. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know any Ten Commandments? Invariably. Oh, no, I know some. Oh, don't kill. Don't steal. Oh, okay. And then you use that as a way to. Oh, have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever? Ki-? Well, clearly not. Hopefully not. I haven't killed anyone. Uh, have you ever stolen? Have you ever lied? You know, they use your stuff now. Quite frankly no one can say no, because that in itself is a lie. <laughs> you know? so, so there's no way of getting out of that one. And then you kind of follow that on, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not here to teach that particular tool. But the point I, was make, I want to make is that there are many different tools that we can use, many different ways that we can use to engage. Because how we engage someone that we don't know, we're not do, we've never met them before, will be different to how you engage someone that you know, you see all the time, you talk to all the time. Different ways, different techniques. And I like the analogy of a, of a workman who has a, a tool belt, okay? And, uh, and they've got different things in the tool belt. Now, as I've said before, DIY is kind of not my thing. Um, but I know generally, you know, if you're working, you've got a few things in the tool belt. And uh, when you get there, you diagnose the problem. Then you decide which tool to take to use, right? And uh, if you're a workman with a van, you, you leave the big guns in the, in the van. Because, you know, if you need them, you go and get them. But you don't need them right now. So I, I like that analogy for us as Christians. In that you have a tool belt. okay, And your tool belt has should have a number of things in it. For example, your testimony is one of those tools. Why are you a Christian yourself? That's a tool. Um, Some of the Bible verses, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and uh, if you believe in Christ, salvation, etc. or for God to love the world that he gave his son. So a number of Bible verses, that's part of your tool belt. Um, other people 's testimony, if you think yours is a little bit dry um, okay fine <laughs> it 's okay uh someone else 's testimony that you know of uh, don 't make things up because thou shalt not lie um, other people 's testimonies or some of the diagnostic questions yeah. and we see this in some of the tools that we use do you pray you know you remember the uh Jesus at the door you know that was part of the the, the, the tool there do you pray that 's a way for you to get conversation going. Uh, If you had to die today on a scale of 1 to 10, are you going to go to heaven? Yes, I am. Why? (laughs) Yeah, that's another way. Of course, prayer is another tool. Uh, The bridge illustration, you know, there's God, there's man, there's a gap. Okay, how do you bridge that gap? These are different tools, and the idea is as a Christian, we shouldn't get stuck on, oh, I, I, I must must know this I, I, I must know a b's no 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 it's a tool belt you're engaging just be open you're engaging with someone you're having a conversation okay then you decide ah i think this tool might be useful here or i think this tool might be useful here or in some cases ah isn't it a big tool okay then you go past jonathan um, <laughs> Can you come over and talk to this person, please? <laughs> That's the big tool in the van. <laughs> Potentially. Um, but the point is, let's not get stuck on, oh, I don't know how, I don't know why. Um, let's not be like Moses. Oh, I can't talk, oh, I've got to stammer. excuses, excuses. Excuses. Let's stop making excuses. Oh, I'm not really an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist either. Oh, I don't know what to say. Well, why are you a Christian? (laughs) Tell them that. The point is, we have no excuses. And we need to remove all these excuses. It's not, um, we're not going to get to that position where I've got all the words to say. I've covered all the angles. I have all the answers to all the questions they could ever ask me. That's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. You know. I remember once we were um, we were out. I think it was Bromley here, and, uh, and I approached uh, a guy that was standing by Metrobank actually, and we were talking, and and he just looked at me and said. Um, I've just, I've just lost my granddaughter, or my, my grandchild. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I just stood there going, oh, terribly sorry. Really, really sorry. In fact, a few minutes later, he started encouraging me. Which was bizarre, you know. So, okay. Um, but, as it turns out, he was a Christian. I didn't know what to say. We need to stop making excuses. We need to stop making excuses. The gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God must be preached. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. And we've got a vision here. We've got a vision here. Um. And we've shared it before—the—the the, vision—to take this gospel out to our neighbours. You see, Jesus is not a—it's not a nice to have. You know, Jesus is not a nice to have. It's a must have for this life and for the life to come. The must have, and you have been entrusted. With the good news. What are you going to do with it? That's what today is about. Not everyone is going to come out. But this message is not really about getting everyone out. Fantastic. If 72 of us, as Jesus said, went out, uh, forget the one hour that uh, Kevin said, we're we'll back in half an hour. We want to go a set number of uh, homes we're going to. this is for when you walk out of these doors. For Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday. Not just for today. It is that we are intentional and that we prepare. There are no excuses. None whatsoever. Our vision is, uh, you've seen this before, we want to take the good news, certainly as a church, because there is the church ministry, and then there is our personal ministry as we go out to our homes and our schools and and workplaces. It's to take this gospel to those who live within a 15-minute walk of this church. Because, as it says there, we are to go out to the roads and the country lanes. Well, not quite country lanes here. Uh, And to compel them to come in. Why? Because he wants his house full. The kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness. Our job is to get them from there to there. That's what this is about. And I really want to encourage you. Put away the excuses. Be intentional. Prepare yourself. And take this Evangelion, this good news of the gospel. Take it out. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning. Or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com